0: Too late, we're doing it anyway. Let's do it. Where are you in the world right now?
1: I am in a hotel room as usual in rainy Birmingham, Alabama. Is it raining there? Yeah, it's Typical. no golf for you today. I bring my clubs, come all the way down here, and it always rains or something weird happens. But yes, I'm in Birmingham, flew it out. I figure it's better to stay here than Jersey. Yeah, at least you're there. You don't know what's going to yeah. happen.
0: Weather forecast yeah. is looking kind of iffy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Grace Garage Podcast. Jason Pridmore presented by Bike911.com. Hey, Jason, did you know that Bike911.com has been helping its clients with exceptional represent- representation since 1995? Wait, 1995. You would have been, what, 16, I, 17? It, yeah, I Fish? wish.
1: Huh? I was sitting on my couch all year with a broken leg in
0: 1995.
1: Huh. Mm. In what was fact, I doing? How'd I know? If I'd have known Alex then, yeah. which I wish I did, I was at a CMC Golden State National. There was like fourteen hundred entries and no ambulance. But I didn't know that. I figured there was an ambulance there. I mean, you go to these motocross races and there was, you know, fourteen hundred entries. It's people scattered all over the place. You don't even. I mean, imagine going to a race and not and and thinking to yourself, "Oh, there's no ambulance here." No, that's at a golden, that's at a Golden crazy. State National. Yeah, and had I known Alex then you know me i'm not a big guy that believes in suing people or doing any of that no. but there was no there was literally zero ambulance that is just gnarly and,
0: dude i mean that's that's just whoever promoted that race that's them trying to save a couple grand that's
1: ridiculous well, and the lawyer i had at the time who was a friend of mine he put a gentle call into the into the people that were running it to, yeah. and the promoter and the promoter's a pretty well-known guy in, in that area and they were just like they were like ready for the fight, and it was like there was, you know, for me, I'm not gonna, I'm in the motorcycle industry, I'm not gonna sue, but at the end of the day, some some fan had to drive out onto the racetrack in a in a Forerunner, and like five guys I had a compound fractured right leg, like so bone sticking out type of thing, and uh, in the dirt, and there was no ambulance or medical team, so they had to load me up in the back of a Forerunner. And they drove me out to the road and we waited for the ambulance and fire truck to pick me up out there. Jeez. Yeah. So like if I'd have known Alex, then it would have, yeah, would have uh, been a Yeah. Helped out. Cause he's recovered over a hundred
0: yeah. million dollars in jury verdicts and settlements for riders. Just like you, Jason, Yep. go check out bike 911.com. Get up with Alex Asante. If you've been injured in an accident or you need some advice, even beyond the motorcycle, the cool thing is he's an attorney. But he's sensitive to motorcycle riders because he is one. So and if you get
1: to, and if you get to know him, he's a riot. So it oh, makes dude, it he is fun.
0: he is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, and his favorite part of this podcast is when we make fun of each other, and that really hurts my feelings.
1: We're not going to do that today, Greg. Although I will <laughs> oh, say, although here we go. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> how was your ride home? Ride home was from, good from Jersey. No it problems. Was good.
0: No problems. The weather was the weather was good. Um, it was fast, you know, in terms of like first gas stop, I didn't even take the helmet off. Second gas stop, I took the helmet off, stretched out a bit. Yeah, it was all good. It's all good.
1: So that stretching out a bit was that's exercise almost.
0: Isn't Why it? how was your how was your nice relaxing flight down to Barber, <laughs> jerkweed?
1: Um, it was good. Hey, um Yeah. So Greg comes to the booth on Sunday morning and Tells me that his ride's going to take longer, everybody, because on the way to the track in the morning Sunday, his radar detector flew off and got smashed by a truck. Oh! So did it take you longer, or did you still
0: uh, did you blaze it? Yeah, I ended up hooking up with a couple of cars, and we were just rolling. So I don't know. I don't think it took me that much longer. <laughs> Plus, normally when I get to Virginia, because Virginia doesn't even allow him anyway, that I'm only going. You know, speed limit, uh-huh. which I ride speed limit everywhere. But, Jay, yeah. unfortunately yeah. for me, Greg's ride of the races is over this season.
1: Did you really? You, you're going to go there. I didn't think you'd even bring it up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Bring it up. Um, there's just some things right now with, uh, you know, I'm hosting the banquet. So we have the Moto yeah, America. You got to have a suit and all that, right? You got to have a suit and all that kind of stuff. And honestly, man, the weather looks horrible. The weather looks horrible to get down there and back. And, um, are you, you know, overriding in the rain? Are you done with it? Uh, yeah. I mean, I had two and a half hours of torrential <laughs> downpour the, um, on Thursday in, I guess it was Delaware, nah, Maryland, uh, Virginia. I don't know. Wherever I was, it was after the Chesapeake Bay Bridge yep. Tunnel situation. And, and um, yeah, I was kind of <laughs> over it. I mean, it, it took it took until Saturday, really, to dry everything out. So to get the gear back on Friday morning to go to the racetrack, you yeah. You know when you put on wet, wet, cold oh, gear, and I'm miserable. going to work. I was like, eh. yeah. But I mean, the ride's okay. great. The motorcycles great. Hudson Valley Motorcycles, Richie Alexander, it, it, they've been great. I'll, I'll chronicle head getting the bike back to the dealership um, for sure. But in you terms of this Richie. one, you called
1: Richie yesterday though, right?
0: Yeah, I called Richie. Let him know. I didn't really explain too much to him because he was on the forklift. He's got at enough the time. He's
1: got enough going on right now.
0: Yeah, dude. He's yeah. I don't, I mean, don't the think race he's worried team, about you your and your ride in the races. No, nah, I know, but. You know, it's what I wanted to do. I wanted to finish off the year doing it, but I think with the banquet, with some other things that are going on, it's just, it's a bit much. And the last thing I want to do, Jay, is like be tired on Tuesday and, and ride home eight hours because it's just, and I don't want to sit around and wait and, you know, like down there and, and make sure I'm rested up. I'd rather just get on an airplane. So it's been a great year. I mean, the bike has over 14,000 miles on it. It should have 15 when I turn it back to, to Richie. And, uh, it's a lot of miles. Yeah, it's been it's been an amazing run and I, I owe people a lot of video um, the problem is my hard drive comes and goes meaning right now I don't have it I keep lending it to the TV truck so they could do the billboard stuff the little footage and oh, then I, yeah. and I keep forgetting to get it back so right now I actually have no idea where my hard drive is with like literally hundreds of gigabytes of, of video so once I get it back I'm gonna edit some stuff together about the rides put it together should be should be cool but it was an awesome experience I got to meet so many great people but it's uh Greg's Garage oh, TV on um on YouTube if you're interested. I have some videos up there. So Yeah, it's
1: cool. Yeah. What um we had a pretty good weekend, didn't we up in Jersey? We did.
0: And actually this podcast going to be could be pretty long and I don't want it to be, but yeah, um Let's do it. Let's get so, on with it. So we're going to talk about Moto America Jersey. We're going to talk about Moto GP Aragon and um you know, it's so funny Jay cuz I had written in here, what can you say about Moto 3, dude? Because it, it, yeah, and you didn't watch it I'll, anyway. I, I got to
1: watch it. That, but I, I screwed up and I'm, I, I screwed up because I didn't get to No, see it.
0: I mean, I didn't, you know, I only watched highlights from Motocross too. I didn't get to actually watch Moto. So. I watched all the Moto. Yeah. So we kind of balance each other out. Um, and then of course, we're going to preview a little bit. There's not a lot to preview here. Moto America Barber, GP Misano, World Superbike Catalonia. We're going to touch on American Flat Track, InterI News, ProMoto is over. We'll talk about that too. So there's a lot of stuff. If you want to support the channel, patreon.com slash Greg's garage TV. Once this season wraps up like it's going to, I'll put a little bit more attention and start doing some interviews with some athletes. Jake Donye showed a lot of interest. He wants to come on the podcast and, and uh, he was actually willing to come on this week. And I was like, I'm too tired. And I thought I was going to be leaving early today to go ride to the races, but it just didn't happen. So I said, Jake, we'll get you on soon. Uh, Can't wait to talk to him about his season and how ridiculous it's been for him. So good. Um, So that's that. If you want to support us, patreon.com slash TV, it is in the description below. But let's kick things off with news presented by Arai. You know, for three generations, Arai has been making some of the world's finest helmets. And of course, Arai helmets meet all safety standards. But they also pride themselves in a blend of engineering, tech, and human craftsmanship. Jason, did you know that it, it takes an Arai employee, if you're new, it's going to take you two years before you can even... Two years of apprenticeship before you can even make a shell that's going to make it to anybody's noodle. It's it's crazy. Into production, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes an Arai helmet fit better and feel better, by the way, which also protects you better. Your head is worth the very best. Visit AraiAmericas.com for more information on tech, fit, and paint jobs. AraiAmericas.com because you owe it to you. All right, so what I was thinking about is just doing some flat track, Jake, because I want to congratulate Corey Texter, who won the, the AFT Productions Twins presented by Vance and Hines Championship. He won the title and won the race by point zero one five. and then he crashed into the air fence, dude. He had to jump off. No way. <laughs> yeah, he, he was he was bombing so big to, to hold off the advances of uh, a racer that was drafting him that he could not get it stopped, and he had to bail, and he, oh, he jumped God. up right after. He was okay, but... He made a comment like, well, I, I guess I'd give the team something to do in the offseason. Um, in the singles class, Dallas Daniels still leads that championship. He has 20 in pocket with only one race remaining October 8th in Charlotte. But in the premier class, that has us turning our heads. Jared Mees swept both mile races to complete a four-piece. So four races in a row in the last four, J, Check it out. As you heard it right here on the podcast, Brian Smith, who's called it a career, He couldn't get his Crosley Radios Indian motorcycle working for him. So Mies ended up lending him his his backup bike for the second race. And Smith was able to put himself between Mies and Bauman, who they're racing for in the championship. And now with Mies sweeping and with Smith putting himself in between the two, Mies has a four point lead
1: with only Charlotte to go. And you're going like we've talked about. So, that will be good for you to watch. Why did, can I ask you Well, I, cause I don't know, but why did Brian Smith not just go to the last round and then retire? Do you know? I think or it's going really more, I think it's
0: more, he might be going to the very last race. The Charlotte's a half mile, but I think, you know, a lot of those guys, they'll be like, I'm going to skip the TTs or I'm going to, you know, like the miles or where I'm competitive. So I guess he'll be at the last, <clears throat> I'm going to guess and say he's at the last race, but he I don't know. He announced his
1: retirement, but then he's still
0: going to the last
1: race or that wasn't, so it wasn't his last race then. He announced his retirement and then showed
0: up here at the last couple races for so he's he's ridden four miles. So he'll do these so he'll it's, like make Rossi, the, it's like Rossi. Rossi announces got his retirement. It. Everybody retired him, but he's got to
1: race the whole rest of the season. Got it. Okay, you know? that's what I was curious to know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he, he just basically announced this is his last season and he's done. Okay, got it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um in MotoGP news, Sam Lowe's re ups with Mark VDS for twenty twenty. Do you like that move, JP?
1: Yeah, luckily enough, I texted him yesterday. But let me ask you this, though. like, where does it, Don't you think Sam Lowe's is kind of in one of those positions of like, where does he go? Like, yeah. He's been to MotoGP and there's nothing really good there for him. Mm-mm. I mean, we don't really hear him going to World Superbike with his brother. He doesn't want to go to BSB. Where, I mean, Sam just seems like, like he's probably going to be a career Moto2 guy for right now. Um, they both just turned 31 this week, both of those guys. So Lowe's twins' brothers had a birthday. But I'm saying like... And it's not a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, I don't – where would a guy like Sam go? You kind of look at – you know, there's other guys that you can look at, like Tom Luthy or Marcel Schroeder or these guys that have been around a little bit in Moto2. There's really not a lot of places for them to go to. So it makes sense, and why wouldn't he stay with, I guess, one of the top two or three teams in that series, right? I think so.
0: Plus the year under his belt and, and with the exit of who's leaving again – I just think he's he has the potential to be a title contender. I mean, the beginning of the season he was absolutely shredding, and I don't know the yeah. details as to why things trailed off a little bit, but the guy definitely can can contend for the title. And who knows? I mean, if you win the yeah. title, you know then I'd what happens? love to see it
1: happen for him. I mean, like you literally, if if you're a fan and you go to these races, and I'm not saying this because I'm obviously a little bit biased because I know both these guys, but. If you're a fan, you go to the races and you don't get to talk with either one of the Lowe's brothers. Like, yeah, you need to do it. They're just such good guys. They're just good, positive vibe dudes. You know?
0: Yeah. Now with no time to talk to anybody else because you just piled because our podcast gets millions of listeners and now everybody's going to go to the races trying to find the Lowe's <laughs> no, they're twins. Good, guys. good job. Yeah, it's it's
1: really? uh it's uh yeah, and I think um you know you it's it's. He's got he's good, a good team, and I think you're right, Greg. I mean, he'll still be a title contender next year. I just think there's some things he's got to tweak, and just mindset-wise, though. Like you say, he's got the speed and all that, mm-hmm. so we'll see. We'll see. In um,
0: and, Excuse me. In World Supersport, 20-year-old Simon Jesperson, who I don't know how you pronounce his, his last name with that was, the accent.
1: Yeah, I think he did a pretty good job there.
0: Yeah, he'll fill in for World Championship points there. Dominic Agerter. the Swiss Swiss rider, has a previous commitment in Moto E this weekend. Now, JP, yeah. he's currently leading... world super sport championship by 62 points so if steven odendahl can win odendahl will cut the deficit to 37 still not bad but have you ever seen anything like this before in racing
1: how how often let me ask you a question yes this is a good one how often do i catch you screwing up and making mistakes and anything well yeah rarely, rarely
0: unless i'm yeah unless it's putting something in my mouth food i mean food, food. Easy, yeah jesus you know
1: god, come <laughs> on god you could tell no. i'm tired yeah they, they run two races now gw in world super Sports. so if oh, if he was point. to win Ugh. if he was to win both races 25 that deficit 50. gets cut even more right Gets cut to 12 you're right yeah and, and it was funny because when you talk when you hear i've heard some murmurs from the team and like Gerda himself they're not even worried about it they're like well if we still have we no matter what, they're gonna have the points lead after the weekend. And he could what if he goes and wins the Moto E championship and he wins and Dude, he wins? That would be unbelievable. That would be the yeah. sickest. Yeah, I I agree. Can he win the
0: Moto E championship? <laughs> I think so. Him. I think that's why
1: he's going to do Moto E because he okay. can still win it. And it's it's really messed up because I haven't I haven't watched I like even like this week, I haven't had a chance to literally watch Moto 3. The only watch reason I watch Pro Moto and all four motos was because it was Saturday. So I sat in my room Saturday night after uh, we got done at the track and, and watched all the motocross.
0: Trying to keep your but, eyes open.
1: Right. And it's yeah. like and it's like I just haven't got a chance to watch Moto 3, which means I haven't watched any Moto E this year. And last year we talked I haven't about either. how a little bit intriguing it is. And mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, but yeah, interesting. I think it's gonna be it'll it'll be interesting. And then he gets to go to he'll be at Jerez and he'll be at Portimao, right? For the six hundred yeah. stuff. So yep. yeah.
0: Yeah. Winning both championships be so nuts. Speaking of pro motocross, by the way, uh, Michael Hill can't be at Moto America this weekend because because he's going to be at World Superbike. That's right. Which means Jason Wygant is back. So he just texted me Weege. right now. He said, this weekend, hey, I'm back, baby.
1: <laughs> dude, we. When, I'm, I'm learning so much because, like I said, I listen to the, the Pulp Show every week now. And, dude, they raz Weege about being a cheapskate. Oh, did you see Mathis' tweet oh. about it yesterday? Well, about said, the KTM and going to Italy KT- and how they are paid for anything. <laughs> I've only spent $100. Everything's Dude, fine. <laughs> it was I think this week they had uh, they had Daniel Blair on taking Weej's spot. So it was it was, you know, Jason Thomas and Mathis and whatever. Anyways, and and, and they were razzing about like Weege going to Italy and he took his wife and they're like yeah, but he had to do it on miles because there's no way the, car- the credit card's coming out to get swiped. And- oh, yeah, you got to hear it. It's classic stuff, so we got to talk to him about this. But I'm pumped to have him there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll definitely be fun. Hey, sticking how about- with the- our oh, yeah, – Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, crazy. go ahead. Go no, on. I was just going to say, like, how about Michael Hill's schedule this year? Like, going back Dude, and forth. And- poor guy. Nuts. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> and he's he telling me stuff about to- He's telling me stuff about getting COVID tests and – Got to give the guy a little bit of credit, man. I mean, he has just been like—got to give him a lot of credit, a, a lot, lot of, credit. of credit. He works yeah. his ass off, and and he and he uh, he has to do a lot to get here because you know because England's so strict to get in and out of. Like he can't go from he can't go from America to Spain. Mm-hmm. Like that's where he's got to go this week. He has to go through his homeland just because you have to leave the place that you live or the place that you're from. Your path, the, the place where you hold your passport. Because he's English, he has to go back to England every time first before he flies on to the next place. Yeah. And he's got to get another COVID test when he lands in England just to get to Spain anyway. Sound, it's a mess. But I'm stoked that we got Weege coming in.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see that tweet that that dude was tweeting about $5 plaques or something in Moto America? Uh,
1: I saw a little bit of that. Yeah, I don't I, I don't. know. I, dude, I thought the trophies looked great. And it's not a plaque. It's just a number one plate. Well, we can't that's the thing. We can't figure out what this guy's talking about and he keeps doubling down.
0: He keeps doubling down on it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But Michael Hill, Mike, but Michael Hill's the expert. Like, that's the funny thing. It's like, you know, you and I you and I don't get to see podium because you know, unless you run down there for a class where you're not on the air, you know, you can see it, but I don't see it because
1: I'm No, because we never get to see those guys really standing on the podium at the end with their trophies. Um some of them I think one of them, I don't know if it was Jersey, but one of them is like a track design, like a big track design type of trophy. Yeah, I've got some. Yeah, I mean, I like that I, one. That that one is the, really cool. The cups that they give away at BSB are are pretty bitching. They're they're big cups, and I've got a few of those at home from like World Endurance and stuff. But but yeah, Michael Hills probably stood on more podiums and been around more podiums than anybody, and he would probably be the first one to say, "Yeah, that's no good," or "This is good," or whatever, right?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So oh, I saw I don't your tweet know. the on guy that. was talking yeah. about something about a plaque, a five dollar plaque, and the only thing we can think of is that they give them the number one plate because if not, they get trophies. And so much, so much trophies are cool. Have you seen the? Uh, <clears throat> speaking of like track design, have you seen the wall art? Like it comes up on my on my Instagram feed. It's like literally, I you could, yeah, dude. I want. I, I really do want to get those. But if if you can get, like, get a- Get a thing of every track you've been to or something? Yeah, it's a 3D yeah. like tr- like kind of outline of the or just the track and it kind of mounts mm-hmm. on your wall. So if you got one of those, I'm curious if and you could put it somewhere in your house, <clears throat> which yeah. one of those track designs would you get? 3D track designs to mount on your wall. I mean, wow, you've been Greg. to a lot it, of tracks. It, I, I, I have I have I have what I think the track you'd get would be. Yeah. Okay? I'm gonna write it down, but you you tell me. Well, there's, there's, there's one of two, and you're
1: going to get it right. It's either going to be Phillip Island or Bruno. Yep, Phillip Island, and I was getting ready to write down Bruno. So Greg Greg and I can see each other, and he's writing it down. Mm-hmm. So he's just – yeah, yeah. you're exactly right. Phillip Island. So, yeah, it's too good. Phillip Island is too good. It's crushing because we hear – like Michael Gilbert, you know, because he's a journalist, he goes everywhere. And i have just dying to go to – I'm dying to go to Magello, So I'm, I'm looking to take a few friends over to Magello, And – and Mikey's like, Jay, it's not that good. I'm like, oh, what? No. <laughs> He's like, no, now you've been to Phillip Island. Magello's just gonna be Magello. <laughs> I'm like, stop, you know. Mm. So, anyways, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, sticking with World
0: Superbike stuff. It yeah. appears that Iker Likawona is gonna move to HRC and World Superbike from Tech 3 KTM and MotoGP next season. What do you think about that?
1: Okay, so what do I think about it? I think um be interested to get your take on it. But when you look at the cast of guys that they have that they could possibly get, right? Yep. I go, why wouldn't you give a kid like this a chance? Um, Lecawona, to me, seems like he's on good form right now. He's young. He's going to push that bike to the absolute limit. He's going to want to win a championship. Um, I don't think it's a bad move for him. I think when you look at where Lecawona is, it's better for him to – I think if he goes back to Moto2, then he turns into kind of a career Moto2 guy. So I think I think if you if he moves forward and realizes well wait a minute I could be the man at Honda or at least one of the two man at men at Honda to move forward I think it's a great move for him and I don't think it's a move back I think it's a I actually believe it's a step forward for him and the the reason for that is if he's not going to get on a competitive MotoGP ride there's no reason for him to stay there and I think he's on good form like I said why not go jump on this Honda and then I don't know who they're going to hire as a second guy I mean you heard it's kind of been between like what Sykes and they've been talking about Sykes and Davis going there. Oh, they're but, not going to, I thought, I thought see, they were going to keep Haslam. No, I, and I was just going to say, and I think, Haslam.
0: I mean, I because think Haslam's
1: done a great job this, the last two
0: years. Look, yeah, Likawona all but said he's got a contract or he did okay. say he's got a contract. He has signed oh, a contract okay. and he's alluded to the fact that he will not be in MotoGP paddock in general. So we, I mean, so unless so he's coming to like the U S or BSP. Huh? Yeah. It sounds yeah. like it's done. Okay. So, I mean, Leon Haslam, I think it would be a good move. He He's shown some speed when he can. I mean, the guy's still wicked fast, and he's got some history with the team. And then you're bringing in some fresh blood coming in from MotoGP. And, you know, I was yep. reminded recently that, you know, in terms of sophisticated electronics, you know, World Superbike and our electronics are actually more sophisticated than MotoGP because that's a controlled ECU, you know, like, remember, you okay. know, a couple years ago. So. You're still talking about a guy who's got tons of electronics experience. You're right. I think Likawona has just been on form as of late. And yeah. it's difficult in the environment for MotoGP where, you know, it's like we're five races into it. We got to decide what we're going to do the next two years and then not give people an opportunity to spool up and and get some speed. But, you well, know. It, is like,
1: I think he's he's young. He's going to push. He's going to do all those yeah. things that you kind of need a guy like him to do. So I think I think it would be a great move um for him and he's young still Greg. i mean what is he? he's still in his early 20s i think he's 21 or
0: 22 right yeah, he's like young. He's that young and that's the thing <laughs> you don't know what it says in the contract if it it is hrc it's hrc so it could be hey listen you win this championship for us or you get us a top 3 or whatever and you're going back to gp i don't
1: know yeah I, it's a weird thing it's a hard thing but you're right there there could be something in that deal like you like you say where if you can come get us a championship and then you you have to start thinking about like the Suzuka eight hour he'll be part of that probably and there'll probably be some big bonuses there for him and you have to think too he probably hasn't made that many bonuses obviously in his MotoGP career because he hasn't done anything really and even though he's coming into his own now they've already secured their spots next year with Fernandez and and um and there's something I want to talk to you about that too and Gardner um but I'm saying like I just think it's I think for him it's an exciting prospect for him to be able to go to the big H maybe do something there um and I mean, like, like a kid like that, if he does well, Greg, it puts Honda back on the map, doesn't it? Certainly does. Yeah. So Oop. I think it's, I think it's good. Um, anything else? No, it's that's all I have for the news presented presented by Ryan. By Ryan. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to, Greg and I just got back from Jersey. Uh, it's been a really, really fun Moto America year. It, it's been a year of, of change, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, when, when we saw, you know, even from the junior class and twins cup, we saw Rocco move up to 600. So we knew we were going to have new winners there. Um, 600. uh, When you look at the super sport class this year, we kind of knew that was going to be the same, but we had a big turnaround there in Jersey, which I thought was good. But when we start talking about Superbike, I, I don't think it would be fair for us to really say too much about Jersey other than even though we crowned four champions and we'll get to that. But I mean, let's talk about Jake Gagne for a minute. Um, He's really okay. in a like a resurrection of his career when you think about it, because I was thinking of this on the plane the other day where Jake has come from, where he went, you know, some of the things he went through as far as, you know, I remember when he rode for um, the broster Chicken Honda team here that Danny Walker put together and, and those guys worked so hard to put a bike underneath him and they struggled. And then he gets the call to go take place for, you know, Nikki's place. And this is a guy that come off a couple championships. He won the Stock Thousand Championship, didn't he, Greg? And then he won 600 Supersport. And it looked like Gagne's path to greatness was going to be just nothing but upward. And then he really did have a rough, what, four years? Three years? It was like four. Three yeah, and a half. four. Well,
0: let's see. He rode Nicky, the Honda here. Nikki passed, what, in 18? Yep. Yep. So really... You know the broaster chicken situation, which was good. He was on the bike, but then he's got to get on the bike and the un—you know—the unthinkable task of filling in for our on Nikki's bike at Laguna at home. And then he did a good job. They hired him, so that would have been nineteen, and then twenty. He comes back, and what? He's got the broken leg, right? Yep. So it's been,
1: yeah, it's been a couple of rough years. It's Just been—it's just like when you just think about it, you know, it's—it's it's pretty incredible, you know. And then he gets signed, just. I mean, he gets signed to ride this bike last year alongside Cambobier, and you think about how much he's learned. But Jake is just such a class dude off the bike as well as, as well as on track. But on track, he has just been like, just so dominant this year. Legitimately, with no disrespect to Matthew Schultz, this guy could have could easily have swept the year up to this point, easily. And that's domination like we really have never seen. When you think about it, there were always. You know, there was always a chance that guys, you know, were finishing second or third in a race. And I mean, this guy legitimately could have swept the year going into the last couple rounds if it wasn't for a blown motor at Atlanta. No doubt. I mean, and he was leading when the motor when the motor blew. Well, he was actually. Yeah, I mean, it's just and and you saw just all the frustration that came out of him that day was just like, I have finally got where I needed to be. I finally feel like I can do what I need to do. And then on the first or second lap of the race, the motor blows. Yeah, and it's just it was so devastating for him. So, um, and the and and the stat that you came up with with the guys in the truck about the consecutive laps led. He's relentless. He will not let anybody lead a lap. And it's just, uh, it's just, it's been an incredible year for the guy, and I couldn't be happier for him. You hope the the real stat, the real stat, Jason should be how many corners has he led? (laughs) Right corners, but (laughs) I mean because
0: I think he didn't lead what.
1: Two or three corners, maybe this entire weekend. Yeah, I know, dude. I, I mean, yeah, it's just it's crazy. And then you think about he's, he's he's broken all but I believe one or two. I try to keep up with you pretty hard on this, but I, I think, believe I it's think only it's one two. or two yeah. race lap records. Right. Uh, I think I think was it Laguna maybe and Pittsburgh were the only two that he didn't do. Is that right? I believe so. So it's like you think about how fast he's going. But then you look at it and you go, "Well, Matthew Scultz, he's having the best year of his life." Yep. And and he he actually he either broke or just within a within a thousandth of a second was just off a of cams record at at Jersey 30. from this last year. And you cannot take anything away from Matthew and the Westby team has really done a nice job, especially the second half of the year. Um I think that he had they had a bit of a lull. Where'd they have a lull? They had a bit of a lull maybe at the ridge or one of those. Yeah, it was just but, kind of that. But it was just like it was like nothing. The beginning of that, midway part of the season. He's pushed hard, has Matthew. He's done a good job. And this weekend at Jersey was I was really, really like super stoked to see Chuck just in a happy, jovial mood. When I saw him Saturday afternoon when I was leaving the track, he screwed around with me a little bit when I was when I was leaving. And he just he was happy. He was relaxed. And Chuck Chiquetto like, you are talking about yeah, team Chuck manager Westy. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. saw him
0: Sunday night, and Chuck Chiquetto said <laughs> the best race weekend that he's had as a professional in the paddock. You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah. just the
0: team was gelling. Everybody was happy. When Matt had an issue or whatever, he came in. He was positive. He was happy. It was just one of those weekends that you like for the team that you aspire to. Like this is this is the way it should be every weekend. You like know, the but team. They deserve
1: some wins, those guys. Like, they yeah. really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not, it's not through lack of effort. It's not – all the right pieces of the puzzle seem to be there. And I think there were some questions about that. You know, starting off the year, Matthew and Wesby together for three or four years. Has it run its course? Has it done its thing? But I really think that they've done a nice job in quietening all that stuff down a little bit, in my opinion, in the sense that they're a great team, a good group of guys. they got a good rider, a great rider, who um, who really deserves that, that – face-to-face battle with Gagne and and coming out on top of it because they worked hard enough to do that. So I just think that the year in general, we can go on about the races on the weekend. Uh, Gagne ends up winning. You know, he wins all of them. Um, and and it really – I'd love to say it was close. It wasn't. Uh, it's just another year, and it's a- another weekend of domination. But when you look at, like, even what guys like you know, Matthew Schultz, Loris, Bass, Cam, I mean, Heron, they – they all said the same that like Jake just, Jake just kicked our ass this year. Like there's, there's no hiding behind that. He's worked hard and the team's done a great job. Um, I'm pulling up some of the race results right now, Greg. I, I loved
0: Matthew Skultz's race two post race interview that he did in pit lane talking about how he and Gagne started racing together back in 2008 or nine in Red Bull rookies cup. And you know how they've gone middleweight bikes together and super bikes, you know, stock thousands and super bikes and, and how that if there's anybody he needs, you know, anybody to lose to, it's going to be Gagne where he's not killing himself. And it, I think it shows, you know, what a good guy Jake is. He is. The other thing too, is Jay, you know, I get to sit behind the scenes a lot of times. Yeah. The Fresh and lean attack performance Yamaha team is a very open place for the likes of me, for the likes of you, our pit reporters. They're not, you know, trying to, protect their information. They're not trying to protect themselves from, you know, you know, Stan, Stamboli, Richard Stamboli is like, Hey, anytime you need information, come see us. There's just a couple yeah. things I don't want to, you know, get out or whatever. But man, the thing that's interesting about Gagne is we talk about, Oh, the thing's been great since it's come off the truck. Dude, that bike was not good at Jersey at the beginning on Friday. They worked hard. They worked hard on electronic strategies. They worked hard on suspension. What we do know is rain had come through, and swept a track that already struggling for grip and is quite bumpy and took all the rubber off and i think part of what we saw was perfect conditions a good bit of rubber on saturday that breaks the track record but they work really hard they do it might not be the throw in the kitchen sink at it like they do over at m4 with bobby fong sometimes you know yeah. having to you know still haven't found a baseline yet this late in the season so they're still having to you know adjust in a huge window. These guys are, are, are in a very small window, but they still work really hard. And it's just Correct. that they work efficiently. They're always in a good mood. Uh, you know, um, their data guy was finally at the races the first time, uh, first time all season. Darren. That, great yeah, guy. Darren. And yep. that, that face to face is, is very helpful. You know, it speeds yep. up the efficiency. I mean, they literally have been since the beginning of their relationship have been on the phone, talking to each other and basically learning each other through <laughs> phone calls and
1: amazing. Yeah. And and, and they put him up on the podium with Jake, I think after the first race, which I thought was, it was great. I mean, it's, it's look, they they were doing a great job and, and I know Darren a little bit. Um, <laughs> a little bit. It, it, it was, it's great that he was able to be down there uh, for that, for them. Um, I just think you're hundred percent right. It, it, the best part of the whole story is that, that Stan Bullitt still likes me. So, you know, I'm, I'm, Trying to get a little, you know, I want to go on the thing publicly. I just see what publicly I see what like. he likes you. I'm not sure deep down
0: inside. You probably hates, but me. Richard, we know you're listening, Richard. So, season's over, man. In a couple of days, we got to start making the schedule on when JP gets to test that bike. I mean, you know, and not some rinky dink ten laps like I got. Like, give him some real laps. <laughs> no, 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 okay, no
1: shit. Listen, I. It's just it's cool, <laughs> and, and and I know where Richard came from, which which makes it even nicer because I remember Richard in the early 2000s and. He's just—he's just. He's just it, we we were cracking up because when we saw him on TV, huh, Greg? When we saw him smiling, <laughs> smiling. We we're like, "Oh, everybody, capture that real quick! Capture that 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 <laughs> thing." After the first or second, what was it the first race? And uh, I think he won the championship after the second. So it's like after the second, after, he get the, yep. the second race of for us on the weekend was Sunday morning at eleven, and we were cracking up because it's like. Gagne pulls in. They get the number one plate. Stan is like probably could hardly wait to download the info to see how he can go faster for the next race in two hours. Yeah, so. we got to ask Richard what hasn't he won. So I
0: know he's won the 200. He's won the 750 Super Sport title, right? Did he win that he, with Hayes? He did. Yeah, he won. Form Extreme, your, your championship with Extreme. Yeah. He's now won Superbike.
1: Uh, so I don't only think he ever did anything at did he 600?
0: I mean, he had his he had. team, right? Like he had some good ride. I mean, he had Ben hard yeah. and he had did. chat. Chaz wrote for him, I think on the,
1: on yeah, had the attack. Chaz, he had Steve Rapp. He had Leonard Macrado. Yeah. So, so no, he's, it, it, yeah, the, Richard, you could, there's a, if there's a more understated guy in the package, it, you know, I mean, who's was accomplished as much as he has. That guy's accomplished a lot. So, I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be
0: surprised if the year that Eric Bostrom retired when he was on attack and, uh, attacked, Kawasaki and he had JD beach on there on a 600 at the beginning of the season. If you remember, right. that's I why do. JD ended up bouncing onto the super bike is, yep. you know, the potential to win that champ, the super sport championship that year was really high for Richard, I think. But anyway, yes. great yeah, job yeah, to the so, team. Great
1: job. Great you job. Know. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. they they all just did an incredible job. Matthew Scott second in all three races. Again, pretty amazing. 7.6 after the first one, 9.5 after the second and 6.5 after the third, as far as, Distance between him and, and, and Gagne. Um, as the track temperature went up there in race two on Sunday, you you know, we were kind of thinking, oh, they're going to go 59s, you know? Yeah. and Or uh, 19s, rather. Uh, but the track temperature just got to be a little bit high, and you heard them talking a little bit after the race about how a greasy. greasy it got. <laughs> um, in race number one on uh, Saturday, Tony Ilias did a, a really good job. He ends up just holding off Bobby Fong. He challenged him all the way to the line to get his second podium of the year. And then, uh, it was really nice. Josh Heron ends up getting third in both of the next two super bike races, uh, rode really hard. He had some good battles with Baz on the weekend. Baz goes, uh, fifth, uh, fifth, fourth, fourth. So, um, you know, that bike, Greg, it just, it just didn't look good. It just looked awful to be honest with you, riding it around that track. I mean, it, the bike seems super sensitive to bumps. You heard it's kind of funny because in Loris is in his Instagrams. He's always putting the bumpy Jersey track, which he's hmm. he's making everybody realize that it is bumpy and it is. And I think that when you have to ride a bike like that around a place like that for the days that he did, it was probably pretty frustrating for him because you could see how the bike just wasn't going forward when it was hitting the bumps. Very true. Yeah. So, anyways, but, but, that, but that's
0: why, even though they haven't been to Barber, I don't even think he's done a track day there, but they're going to get to a very smooth Barber. And it's going to be very interesting to see how fast Loris can go and the Ducati can go. Because yep. I think I'm kind of expecting that he's a podium contender this weekend without question. You know, because he's.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, Barber. I think this would be a great track for him. It's going to be super smooth. Yep. I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Yep. Um, you know, it might not be the perfect Ducati track, you know, Barber, because of how
0: tight it is, but I just think that he can kind of outride the it might, it's you know, a quote unquote, it's not a perfect Ducati track. I think he can outride that part of it, you know, and then I agree, yeah,
1: anyway. I, I, so you know, I, it's it would be great to see those guys win a race.
0: Ugh, like, dude, like, it'd be great for us if a Suzuki won a race or if a Ducati anybody. won a race or if a, Kawasaki no, won no a race. no
1: disrespect to attack, no disrespect to no. Company or any of that, but I'm talking about objectively of our job. You know? Yeah, but like Ducati has really come over here this year with the incentives and they got a world-class guy and you look at what Zanetti did last year and you think, okay, but the fact is, is the pace in, is actually faster <laughs> than it was it even is. last year. So, so you know, where do you kind of look at things? Um, Looking at Cam Peterson's weekend, probably not the best uh, for considering where Cam kind of looked where he was going. He seemed a lot happier on this bike. We made mention of it in the telecast that it's the bike that he had tipped off on, I think at Brainerd on that Thursday practice, ironically enough, that was the day I actually was riding and he did it right smack in front of me. So I remember seeing him do that. Um, he kind of got that bike back. Um, regardless, the thing I like about Cam this year is he's finishing every one of these races. So he's getting his laps in, but he ends up finishing seventh, the first day fifth on the second race and fifth on the third race. Um, 14 seconds back, Greg, I mean, every race he got better. Well, he, got, got, he
0: got really good starts, and you can see that he had pace at the very beginning of the race. Yep. It's just when things started to kind of get a little bit looser, you know, yep. Yep. that he, you're that it just didn't seem because he he was riding hard to to hold on to that pace.
1: Yeah, yeah. But old Cam literally would have done everything he could to still keep pushing and tossed it. I, I'm just I'm super impressed with him this year. I mean, I, I get it. He's not had as probably many podiums or as he would like, and I know he'd like to be closer at certain times. But when you talk to him, he's he's generally pretty much in a good mood all the time, and yep. he's he's trying. The team, the team like him, which is great, from what I understand. Um, yeah. So anyways, Tony Elias, kind of a mixed bag, ends up third, third the first day, and then he crashed the second day, making that big overs pass, or uh, that big pass attempt. Down into turn one, and then he tipped off, and then yeah, and he won't be he won't be back. I guess so I saw. I know. Yeah, Instagram, I saw that. Yeah. He ended up sixth in the last one. Hector Barber, another guy. I thought Hector. It was weird. Like they've just got to literally put. I don't know, Greg. It's kind of weird. Like there's always just something. First race, it looked like he had a problem. If you remember, I think they had, they you know, uh, Jamie did a, re- a report that they adjusted tire pressure for him came in, remember he had a problem mm-hmm. he actually punted Kyle Wyman and Kyle didn't even have a problem with it. Kyle's like, Hey, Hector had a legitimate problem. It was totally unintentional. Um, the second race. He ends up, uh, he ends up sixth, but that was because he had to start from so far back. Remember? Cause he didn't finish really the first race. And then in morning warm up, he was quickest. Um, he was quickest and he ended up seventh in the race. Um, not that far behind Ilias. He actually was got ahead of him. Do you remember that? Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, all of our top guys, Bobby Fong, kind of a I don't know weekend to forget. I guess poor Bobby man. He's, well, the he first up,
0: race, the first race was he pretty was, good. First yeah. race was good. Yeah, it's yeah. just you know the the biggest thing with the Suzuki is, and it has nothing to do with the M4 team at all because this was exactly the talking point for Yosh when they got that bike. I think what was it sixteen? Maybe when they first started riding this this type of bike, yep. the the window to get that bike to work is so incredibly small. It's right. a very dinky window. And, you know, Bobby hasn't had the success that he's had as he did last year, but unfortunately he lost the swing arm and the linkage that he had from last year, it got crashed and broken. And there are no more left. That was a Suzuki part and Suzuki stopped making bikes or parts and stuff for any superbike effort period a couple of years ago now already. So, you know, it's, it's one of those weird situations where, you know, he's still trying to find the feeling and there's a really tight window to adjust this bike, but you know hopefully, I think the biggest thing for us is moving forward is that the m four team continues superbike effort. I've heard rumors around the paddock people are like, "Oh, I heard they're not doing Superbike, but I mean, I heard directly from Chris Ulrich that that's the goal is to keep the plan you know like keep the the team you know a couple superbikes, couple super sport machines, you know stock thousand whatever they're gonna do is to keep the plan the same so who knows yeah what's gonna happen i mean there's always people think they know everything about every program, and the rumors start and that's why you go and just ask questions, you know? So, um, yeah.
1: Well, I look, Chris, I, that, those guys, I look, they're under a lot of pressure. It's not like it used to be. Chris has to move things around, figure out how he's going to make this team work. And I had a really good talk with him. I, I came down the stairs there when he was just got done doing his two rides. I said, Hey, good morning, Chris. And he just stopped. And we talked for like 15 minutes. And I mean, it was, it was, he was really surprisingly optimistic, which I thought was great. He really wants to be in Superbike, obviously. And, you know, they win a championship this year with SDK that really was – I think that really helped keep the team together in the sense of the morale, um, being able to bring a championship to the team still. Um, it seems like every year they win a championship, Greg. Every year that team does something to win a championship. So, you know, there's there's good and bads to everything. Um, the Suzuki's definitely long in the teeth. But it does well. I mean, it's a you know it wins the stock thousand championship again this year with Jake Lewis uh, after after what Cam did, and so we know the bike is good, especially in stock thousand trim. Um, now it's just a matter of you know uh, getting better in some other spots. But look, our champion Jake Gagne going to be number one plate. I don't know what's in his future. I would assume. I maybe you know more than I do. I would assume he's back next year here. I don't know if there's anywhere else for him to really go at this stage. Um, I don't think there's anywhere else for Jake to go. So, No, I think here is probably the bet, the best place. You no. Know, we've heard Steve English talk a little bit about, you know, the taste in the people's mouth over there from when Jake was there in the sense that he really didn't do anything, but it's just not a fair comparison when you look at the equipment that he was on then compared to where he was uh, you know, where he's at now.
0: No, so, and a guy a guy who's one of the most talented motorcycle riders period I've ever seen in my entire life. I've talked about it before. You know, the fact that he qualifies and scores points in a pro motocross race in the middle of the season where he was winning his Stock Thousand Championship, no one's ever done it. The guy can ride a motorcycle. I think I I'm I, I can legitimately say the guy took a step this year. whether uh-huh. it was helped 100%. by the team or whatever, he's taken a step in his Agreed. riding and the guy is a world class rider, there's no doubt. Yeah. I I still think you put you can put Cameron Bobier on a GP bike right now, and he's going to way outperform what he's doing on a Moto2 bike. And you're talking about a guy in Jake Gagne who's in one season, there's been no tire change. There's been one year on most of these tracks in terms of like, you know, one more year of winter and lower grip and all breaking track records. So it's like, and he's doing it with no pressure. You Yeah, know? no, it's like, don't you get the feeling sometimes when you see Gagne ride like he goes out in the second <laughs> lap and he throws down this lap and he breaks the track record or he gets close or whatever. But don't you think like, Oh dude, the guy's even got more in the tank if he needed it.
1: It's interesting because it seems like when he does feel like he needs to have a little bit more Greg, that the little tiny bit of old Jake comes out where it almost looks like he's overriding and he goes Oh no, forward. it does. Yeah. You could, yeah. It it's starts like to move around. And But when you're in a constant battle with pushing yourself, because that's essentially what he's had to do all year to set these times and, He's actually chasing a ghost, isn't he? He's chasing the ghost of Cambobier, who was here over the last however many years and dominating. It's it's one of those deals where you look at things and you go, "It's he's just so dominating, even more so." Um,
0: well, that's it. I think he's erased the ghost. I think you know now it's he's the you new. You he goes, yeah. If he wins race one at Barber, Gagne now ties Nicky Hayden for wins all time. He you know breaks Cameron Bobier's race we, wins in one year. You know, yeah, Greg and I, when we, when
1: when you guys did the little thing about this is how many races Gagne's won, we did it on TV for anybody that was watching, and you know we talked about how many race wins he's got. <laughs> we went, to, we were at break. I said to Greg, I said, sad to think at the beginning of the year he was tied with you and I for for race God, wins. God, that was bike. so
0: funny. I wish you would have said that on air.
1: He was. We were tied with, we were tied with Jake Gagne at the beginning of the year. He, it's a good thing we weren't racing, Greg. That's all I can <laughs> After say, race say. <laughs> After race one at Road
0: Atlanta, we were still tied with Jake Gagne we for the amount of Superbike wins in our yeah. career.
1: Yep, yep. So um, as dominating as Jake has been, it's going to be good. We still have a round the left, so we're going to be talking about these guys more. Let's talk about SDK in his year, Super Sport Champion. He wraps it up, Greg, and he did it in great style. He ends up winning a race run over his main rival Escalante but I get this 0.001 of a second. It was great because you'd made comment about where the transponders are because it actually showed that Escalante had won. But I, I was peeking out the window, and you could clearly see that that was not the case. SDK- which, is,
0: which, uh, which, by the way, is so funny because I'm looking purely at timing and scoring. I'm looking at yeah. the television. Jason's looking yeah. out the window, which, by the way, is a, is kind of a no-no. Right, it in is. TV. I, I, yeah, it is. And I make the call, and he's just looking at me, and I know his look. He's just like, "Dude, you're not right." And I'm like, "Uh oh, right. uh oh." No, I gotta let you this.
1: You're doing, you're doing it right. I'm doing it wrong. But we were lucky in this case. Greg's Greg. Now he just forgives me. He just knows my my stupidity in the booth. So
0: no, 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 SD- no, no, no. SDK but-
1: wins. Escalante second. But I, like, it, it, SDK's year this year again. We got to look at him, and regardless of what I feel, the main story is of the weekend. Um, I think it was kind of a foregone conclusion coming into Jersey that he was going to win the championship. Right. I mean, I think we all knew that. Yep. Um, but the way he did it to be able to fight to the end and be able to win the race the way he wanted to, he really did take a page out of Gagne's book this year and treated each race individually and just said, I'm going to go about doing the work I need to do. I'm going to continue to fight the way I want to fight. I'm going to continue to make this bike better with my team. And we're just going to move forward. When you say that Gagne has made a huge step, mentally huge step as an individual, you gotta say the same about SDK. Yeah, bigger step,
0: actually. I think really. And you can kinda of hear it in what he says post race. He talks about last year being a disappointment so much. And I almost want to kind of say, like, dude, last year doesn't it doesn't exist, dude. Like like the guy you were <laughs> yeah. last year. But I also think it speaks to not only SDK's work ethic and who he surrounds himself with to get it done, but also his crew chief. You know, Jeremy Toy, I think is Really, it's taken him a little while to figure out how to plug the right buttons in on, on SDK to get him to keep him focused, keep him motivated. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, he deserves a lot of credit as well as Sean Dillon Kelly and the rest of the team because yeah. obviously it starts with the bike. It starts with the bike working every weekend. It starts with the setup and, and the amount of work that they do behind the scenes, as well as all the work they've done in years past, the data they've been able to collect, the notes they keep from last year, the things that they continue to try. And to keep SDK on track and yeah know, now Jason we're hearing rumors of the possibility that Sean Dylan Kelly's gone that he's gonna go off to the world championship and uh and possibly race in moto two you know and that's that's a rumor that I talked to him about, and he won't give me an answer <laughs> you know he just kind of looks at me and I'm yep. like all right but fair well, enough, you know that's yeah okay. yeah yeah because obviously these things have a process right like you know they have a process of Contract, getting a contract, signing the contract, and everybody wants to do their press releases. But, you know, it's it's just another tip of the cap to Moto America and what they're creating and the fact that, you know, Sean Dillon Kelly definitely made a step. And I think that if this rumor is true, if he ends up going on or if maybe he goes to, to Superbike or Stock Thousand or something along those lines, that, you know, people are noticing, you know, that, hey, man, this kid, he's only 19 years old. He's made a step, you know. Yeah, and well, so... Yeah. yeah, there's I a couple things great. that you
1: just there's a couple things you just said there that I think are key. Um, one of them is is the fact that what Moto America has done to create a channel to get guys over there um, it, it's it's been it's been really nice the last couple of years. You know, you watch Garrett take off, and we watch Cameron take off. We Joe Roberts had already gone, um, and now if if this is true, where Joe maybe gets an opportunity to go ride Moto Two. Um, again, now we got another American going. And Sean you know, Dillon and Kelly, you mean? I mean, yeah. Sorry, Sean Dillon and Kelly. The the thing that you got to remember is is SDK being able to move over there is great. And I hear, and you have heard of a lot of these kids that have gone to Europe as children at, to go race in CIV and go do all that. What's funny is they're coming back over here now. You know, like you look at a Ty Scott. Ty, uh, he was kind of known for being over there already, right? Yeah, he's come back to America. And he's right now he's odds on favor of winning this championship after his amazing weekend in Jersey. Um, And what it's basically doing is it's, it's giving these kids when you go to Europe, Greg, you, a lot of times you're paying for a ride. And a lot of times these guys, they go over there and they pay for a ride and you never hear somebody come back and go, that was the greatest experience ever. I got to put my money out and I was on the best bike with the best team and everybody <laughs> was, you never hear it. You just don't mm-hmm. hear it. And so being able to go over to Europe and race is great. But if you're not on the best stuff and the goods and with a great team that really truly believes in you, rather than just looking at you like your dollar signs, it's a very, very tough road over there. Um, we've seen it with even Josh Hayes going over and writing world Supersport. Corey Alexander has gone over. There's been some other guys that have gone over for one and two off rides here. Um, but it's like, when you think about it, Moto America is creating that Avenue now for guys to go straight over to, to Europe. So SDK, good luck to you. Uh, Escalante ends up second in one race, third in the other, but really Sam Lockoff was the talk of the town for me on the weekend. Um, We finally saw somebody battle with these guys all the way through. And Lockoff did it very, very intelligently, I thought. For a young guy to be racing up front with these two, knowing that they're both racing for the championship, knowing that he could be a gigantic spoiler and taking either one of them out at any minute if that was the case. And one being his teammate. One being his teammate. He (laughs) always looked in control. He never looked like he put anybody at any risk at all in two races. Like He never one time looked like a guy... That was riding on the very edge to stay with them, did he? Not once. No, and he looks
0: like a guy who can race. You know, that you and I, Jason, know that there are two people in this world people that can go fast and people that can go fast and race, right? Like yes. and yes. that's the thing. You know, it's we, we look at guys and, and or girls and we say, Okay, is this person an actual racer? Are they willing to you know, get in there and mix it up. We saw Kayla Yakov do it in junior cup, right? Like she, yep. in that first race, she's in a group of five and she's making passes on the brakes aggressively. And I was like, that's racer. So, yep. you know, there, there is a distinction. And I think that's what Sam Lockoff proved is, you know, here's a guy who's only been racing five years. He's been doing this for what three, I think this is the third season. And he sticks his nose in there and he's, he's making passes where he's confident he can pull it off. Yeah. And, you know, yep. Jay, look, you know, as, as, as right. a next racer myself, you, yourself, there are times when you pass people and you're holding your breath going, man, I sure hope the front tire is going to stick on this
1: one. Correct. And it didn't look like from his body Not language once. that he had a moment like that racing didn't at really, that pace. Didn't really see him put, you know, he said after the first race, oh, I made a few mistakes and then tomorrow, but, but you could see where he was struggling in race one, that turn 10 area. And then they made some adjustments and in race two, he did better. And he raced those guys to the line and he ends up, he ends up winning his, the second race, which I don't think that if you would have, I don't. I know I wouldn't have put my money on anybody but one of the two leading guys to win a race this weekend, and and he goes out and wins the second race and um, and does so over his teammate um, at the line. I mean, him and Escalante uh, were less than a tenth behind at the finish, and and you got to mention Rocco Landers in there too. It was so good to see Rocco finally like kind of be a talking point, not a guy that we were like, oh, he's going to get it together. They got it together, the second race. yeah. Um, and he was really, really close to those guys at the end. But lock off for me, coming from where he's come from, putting in the work that he's done. And, you know, he's he's always on a bike. He, you, know, you heard him talk about it. He's always at the Motar track. He's always at the go-kart track. He's always getting his brain up to speed, his mind up to speed. Um, and it was really good to see him win. I, I think some other guys, uh, Benjamin Smith ends up, uh, fifth and seventh. Um, you know, how about Nolan? I mean, we give him a hard time on the podcast all the time, but (laughs) Nolan Lampkin, and by the way, your, your garbage start thing, I think was heard around the world. Um, I know he heard it. I know he heard it. He said he he laughed. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah. So he ends up seventh, but dude, he came back and finished fifth in the second race. um,
0: that was Which awesome. is a
1: re- it's a good result for Nolan, like really, really solid. Almeida ends up sixth in both races. Um, Mesa wasn't as much of a factor as I thought he would be uh, in these races. He ended up eighth in race one, um, and eighth in race two. So, I just think that you know this year's it's going to be interesting next year to see where where this class goes. It's going on to some new rules. Mm-hmm. These two guys that, that were first and second might be gone. So we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah,
0: there's some good announcements that are going to be coming out of Moto America in the next couple of weeks, and everybody wants to pay attention. One of them, for sure, will be the race calendar for next year. But beyond that, I'm not telling you anything else.
1: Let's go Junior Cup, and Junior Cup's a pretty quick one and easy one. Uh, the weekend, essentially, was all about one rider. Um, Tyler Scott just dominated didn't he, Greg? I mean, if, if there's a race weekend that you want to dominate, it's the penultimate round when you're deep into a championship battle, and he's made things now what seemed to be a little bit easier for himself going into the final race over, I would think, a very frustrated Benjamin Glotti, unfortunately. Um, Tyler Scott wins both races, and he did it in pretty impressive and easy fashion. I think that when you look at the guy that finished second in both races – the impressive race for me was Gus Rodeo's second one where he actually got a start line infringement where he jumped the start they gave him a five-second penalty and it just didn't even matter. Yeah. Um, Gus ends up finishing second in both races. Joe LaMandry Jr. ends up third in the first race. Gladi ended up third in the second. Kolstad, um didn't do great in the first race. He was eighth and then he battled all the way to the podium uh, battle. In the second, he ended up fourth. Mandry, like I said, ends up third and fifth. Kayla, uh, Yaakov, did I mean? I got to talk with her a little bit this weekend. She ends up seven six, I think, is what she did. Um, talking with her, Greg, she's just having such a fun year. She had the option this weekend, and I haven't, I haven't reached out to her, and I should have, of either coming to Barber or going to Catalonia. So she wasn't sure, sure which one she was going to do. Even sitting in the stands with me on Friday afternoon, <sighs> I know what so, I do. What I mean, you look at those two options and you go, well, yeah, but she's, but she's done Barber a lot. And she's improved a lot. Um, I don't know. There's a part of me thinks she'll be here. I haven't seen anything on her social media that has said otherwise. It's Ty Scott's championship to win, though, isn't it?
0: It is. And he he broke the, he broke Rocco's track record too in race two, which was really yep. impressive. The only person to get into the twenty nines. I mean, the fact that he wins by seven point two seconds on a day when people can kind of make some adjustments, you know, overnight. Again, <laughs> not a ton of adjustments on these bikes, but there's some to be made. And then yep. he goes out and just. Ugh, I mean, he just absolutely romped everybody. So, we'll see about Barber. I mean, Scott right now is on a roll. I don't really see anything different. You know, Barber has got some elevation. I mean, it's a different track than Jersey for sure.
1: Look but it's—I didn't yeah. look it up yet. Look up the points because I already got Stock Thousand up, and we'll go back to Ty Scott and what his championship points lead is coming in. You no,
0: know, so so he's got thirty points over Ben Glati right now. Yeah. yeah, so there's only fifty left. So basically all finish Scott has to
1: do is finish, yeah, finish five points to Glotty because he's got more wins. More wins. So the tiebreaker, yep. that's what we were talking about really coming into the race. The race win on Saturday to me was super important because it would have broke that tiebreaker had Glotty won. But man, it was you know and I love Ben. I think Ben is gonna do really good on a bigger bike. He's a big tall kid. I think he's gonna do he's still so young too. That's the thing that we always kind of forget. Sixteen years old. Make sure to get that right so that mom doesn't get on me, you know. He got his and, driver's uh, license, Ty Scott's yep. fifteen, yada yada That's yada. Right. Yeah.
0: That's, yep. It's it, perfect. Every time I see Scott, he's like, Hey, I'm Tyler Scott, I'm fifteen. I'm like, Yeah, I got it. I got, <laughs> I got it. it. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, Can you imagine somebody I, busting my balls?
1: Like I love that. Eh? It's it's come great. on now. It's perfect. I like Man. how these kids they they do that. Um yeah, I think scared. for me, one of the great championships of the year has got to be Jake Lewis. Um he ends up going out and winning the Stock Thousand race, which is what he needed to do. Uh, on Saturday, he wins that race, Greg. But I think there's more to the story. I, essentially, two years ago, it didn't look like Jake Lewis was ever going to be back in our paddock. There's a couple of other guys like Hayden Gillum and and Nick McFadden that kind of are all back from that area. That uh, unfortunately we lost we lost in the champion in the series, and they haven't really been back. Now we've got to see Hayden come back, which is good. But Jake Lewis, uh, when we saw him to his own, um, he puts himself down about it, but he was on the Greg White diet and. He Whoa. Essentially, Whoa. Did I say that yeah, yeah, he was on the Greg White diet. Um, yours was more donut induced, his was more beer induced, I believe. But oh, is that so? Okay, yeah, yeah, all right, um, fair enough, um, but still, a Greg White diet is a Greg White diet, and he ended up like really getting his stuff together. He had a couple wild cards last year, and it said it really sparked him to get going. And when he got this opportunity to come to Altus, and I think there were some other guys that were asked about this ride prior, that to- to turn this Altus ride down and Jake Lewis ends up taking the ride. And I mean, Greg, it's a great story. Guy comes back this year, gets more motivated, gets himself, uh, getting fit again and ends up, you know, and ends up winning the championship, um, winning a bunch of races and just, just killing it. Dude. I mean, it just shows you why Yosh had him picked as
0: a Yosh factory rider before he got hurt and before Tony came in and ended up taking that seat. Yeah, It's, it's taken a, a while for him to bounce back in terms of all that stuff. But Jake Lewis is back, man. And the dude is unreal. And we only have two championships left to be decided, really, which is yep. Superbike Cup, which is the race inside the race, the stock, stock thousand race inside the Superbike, which he's, which Jake Lewis is leading, and then that Junior Cup championship. So, you know, and it, it's looking good for Jake Lewis right now. I, he gets along with Barbara really well. And, you know... The Altus team, I mean, we don't talk about them a whole lot, you know, because of what and we, we do. we should
1: a lot more. We um, should.
0: I mean, with Kevin Almado, they've got podiums there on, this, on the 600 side. We know Team Hammer, which is M4, X-Star Suzuki, or a technical partner. But that team has really put together a run, and they've done it in a couple different ways. You remember last year was with Cam Peterson. He wins the championship Stock 1000 on that bike with uh, Melissa Paris at the helm. And now, you know, you have Jake Lewis, who's got a totally different crew in there, you know, and. So Altus has really done a great job as well this Pretty season. Cool. I would love I to see I, that team, you know, move up, you know, the Superbike. Yeah, absolutely, and I don't
1: know what they're going to do next year. Um, Jake, yeah, just because you win doesn't mean
0: money shows up for free, so. right?
1: He's essentially got all the pressure off him now. So now he's going after that Superbike Cup Championship, which he's also leading. So like, it's almost like they get that he gets that Stock Thousand Championship like off his back and now he can just go and ride and have a good time. I mean, what a perfect spot to be in. Yeah. That's just like
0: 07 when Spee's wrapped up his stock thousand title. You know what I mean? And then I got to ride that bike at Laguna. Yeah. It's just like that.
1: Jesus, would you stop? You're awful. Yeah. I can't, you're just, you're shit. Anyways. um, (laughs) Is there any part of you that wasn't kind of rooting for Aston Yates to win that race though? No, I just want to, Oh my God. I mean, dude, because I, I, I love Jake. Jake's like one of my favorite guys in the whole paddock. But so is Ashton. Ashton's such a good dude. And every time I look over and I see Lucky and Aaron there, it's like it's 1992 all over again for me. Plus, it'd be great if could win
0: a race again. You know, because yeah. I mean, and he was
1: so close. Jeff and May Ashton... did it.
0: You know, Jeff May did it earlier this year with uh, in Superbike Cup. You know, so
1: didn't. Um... Yeah. No, I mean, the Honda, it looks like a great bike in that class. And I'm already hearing yeah. murmurs of some guys thinking about taking oh. that bike out next year. But led the, he led most of that race. I mean, he literally led most of that race. I think mm. part of the reason why Jake was able to go and do what he did, too, is that Corey Alexander just had the most brutal weekend of any rider, I think, this year, with the exception of him at least not getting hurt. But he kind of came in there with the fire engine red, number, you know, fire number 23 on there. From Engine Twenty Three, they they'd done some stuff at a fire department up in New York to commemorate 9/11, and that was about the only positive for him. Um, you know, he, he ended up qualifying on pole, then he slipped up in Saturday morning and tipped off. Got the bike to back together after they realized they cracked a frame, so they had to completely switch everything over. Get him on the grid, and the bike wouldn't start. Gets back out, bike didn't finish. Uh, it just was one thing after another for for Corey and. Jake Lewis decided at the end of the race, I'm just going to go ahead and win it, and that's what he did. Um, but Ashton led a lot of that race. Mike Selby, a local guy up there, he ends up third. I don't. It's kind of cool. We don't get to see local guys put it on the podium very often, do we?
0: No, not anymore. We don't. So it that just was, doesn't happen. But dude, Jersey's one of those places, man. Jer- yeah, NJMP has a lot of motorcycle activity and a lot of fast riders up there. I think and Jeff White could put it on
1: the podium up there.
0: Let's move on to Twins Cup, where Caleb... You,
1: you don't think Jeff White could do it? I mean, I'm just saying.
0: What podium? The over 90? The over I, 85 podium? That's
1: the best. I love your brother. Uh, Jeff Down White a a just bought Travis a brand Weiner. new
0: ZX6R from Richie Alexander. So now, instead of Jeff White coming to New Jersey Motorsports Park, he had to go to Pitt Race to do a track day.
1: Good for him. All right?
0: So he's not committed to Moto America anymore. Jeff White's just a... Uh, you know...
1: Did Bobby Fong shun shun him or something? I mean he's a big guy. <laughs> no. you know, did, did they get in a fight? Are they in a spatter? Are they what what's the no. deal with them? No, they're still tight. Because you know yeah. him and you know, yeah, and Fong I know. are tight. tight. Twins cup. Twins cup. Caleb DeCrail, champion. Wins it. Uh oh boy, I, congratulations. Dude, I love rider. this kid. I really I've told you all along what I think of Caleb. I, if you just watch him, how he goes about his weekends, what he does. I mean you Dude has got zero panic on a racetrack. You cannot like in terms
0: sleep. Of, yeah, you can't sleep on the guy. The guy's good. You can't sleep on him because he's strong no. and
1: a racist. Dude's like a freight train. Just he's keeps on there. chugging. Doesn't matter. doesn't matter how far back Caleb goes. He's going to figure out a way to get himself to the front, and he's going to be a factor at the end. And that is – you can't really teach that. That is just something that – you know, he's been around a while. Another guy that we kind of lost, didn't we, Greg, in, a, in our series, kind of lost him, and he went motocrossing, and – but he ends up finishing second in the first day to win the championship. Um, huge shout-out, Corey Ventura. Corey Ventura comes back into our, class, into our championship. We've been saying all along he needs to be here full-time. Veloce Racing gives him the opportunity to come back and ride, ride a Twins Cup Aprilia. He goes on and wins the race, but only just barely, over to Crail and Max Toth. Caleb ends up winning the championship. Second day, Greg, the Italian rider who fell off in the first race, uh, Tommaso McCone who also rides for Robum Engineering, um, which is who Caleb rides for, obviously. He wins second day. Masiato ends up second. Toth with a pair of thirds on the weekend. Corey Ventura got shuffled back to fourth. It is really becoming, and it's it's usually at this stage in the day, Greg is buried in, in working with our truck about producing rundowns for our shows for the following day. It's not a race that you normally get to watch, and you actually got to watch this race, and we're like, whoa. This is like really close. There's like five guys going for the lead. Twins cup has been a super cool championship. And like I've said in the past, it's nothing that we thought it was going to be, you know, three years ago when it started, it's, it's really a fun class to watch.
0: And a good stepping stone into super sport for some or a career extender for others. So yeah, I, it's been the couple of races that I've seen was pretty good, especially when it was like five Aprilia's all going after each other. It was, it was yep. pr- pretty it, it cool. Was,
1: it was good. Um, and this weekend so,
0: we just have a couple yeah. championships to be decided, and uh, or will it continue to be the Jake Gagne so, show? So there's three more races in Superbike, and then uh, I think Stock
1: Thousands got one, but everybody else has two races this weekend. So yep,
0: should yep. be good.
1: No, it's uh, it's gonna be great, and all the champions have got a little bit of pressure off them now, and uh, so I'm I'm pumped to get here. Hopefully the weather, I, Greg. It's gonna rain every day. They're saying so. Fifty percent we'll chance. Some, yeah, some crazy so. lucky. Rain races. What went on in Spain, G Dub? Let's get oh to my it.
0: God, the best, mo- one of the best MotoGP races of the season, without question. In MotoGP, the premier class, Peco Bagnaya wins by six tenths of a second over Marc Marquez. That really wasn't the story. Juan Mir in third. A good, great job from him. Alicia Espargaro continuing to prove that he's a top rider in fourth over Jack Miller. Bastianini on a 2019 Ducati on the Aventia. Bike ends up in sixth, his best ride of the year. Bender, Cuadarraro, whoops, bad tire, no grip in the rear, finishes eighth. Jorge Martín, expected a little more from him in ninth. Nakagami, Likawona in 11th. Rins, Spargo, Oliveira, and Petrucci. Crutchlow, no points. Zarco, no points. Vinales, 18th, just ahead of Rossi and Marini. Alex Marquez did not finish. And uh, I don't know what happened to Jake Dixon. I didn't. I don't remember what happened to Jake Dixon. He didn't. He tipped anything. off. Is that what happened? Okay. I think he so, tipped off. Unbelievable race uh, up front. It comes yeah. down to the last couple laps. Marquez is just riding Bagnaya. He starts to throw some shots. With yep. About four four laps to go. Really, with two laps to go, the fireworks started. The last lap was unbelievable. I think there were four passes, eight lead changes on the last lap until Marquez decided to go off into the weeds, not the grass. He went over the green paint onto the other asphalt and, yeah. and hauled it back in. But, um, and it, it looks like on the final results, they didn't penalize him for that because he was in pretty deep. It wasn't and everybody's like, like up in arms about it. Are they really?
1: Oh, I saw a couple people like, wait, wait, I don't understand. And they it's it's just, it's just comedy. It's funny to me. It, it,
0: it is inconsistent. I mean, you know, if you're going to no, go with the consistent rules, you probably mirror should have been- I don't know. Is it a three-second penalty? Is it a five-second penalty? I don't, I don't know, know. Whatever. Anyway, is, it it usually, is what it hey, is. What's
1: usually on the other side of the grass? Gravel? I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
0: gravel. Like if he's out in the
1: gravel, does, it's just... It's just whatever. Anyway, the all bottom all line this is, is this. Stuff. Yeah, who cares?
0: Pecco, who's had garbage results at Aragon, shockingly found himself out front, shockingly found himself in control of the race. Marquez kept throwing deep shots on the brakes. And Bagnaya would just turn it underneath him and just accelerate out. It was a masterful race. The guy never choked, and
1: it was great. The only problem never, was you're giving him props for never choking this race. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He shouldn't be. He's he's on the factory Ducati. He shouldn't choke. I, yeah, agree I know that. You. Well, I mean, but yeah.
0: dude. This is his first race win. It's okay? hard. It's
1: hard. I agree. It's great. I'm super pumped for the deal. There's a lot of things
0: that can. Honestly, I I don't think you can probably have a more distracting way to win your first race. Meaning his focus. Didn't have Mark
1: Marquez biting at you every corner on the last. That's spot. what I'm saying. You know, you're, you're completely
0: focused. And I mean, all all Bagnaio had to do was basically go four corners on his own. He saw Marquez run off. He knew what the was, deal it was. was. A, it was all
1: that block passing.
0: Anyway, <laughs> it was it was. It was a good race. I think Peko becomes the eighth <laughs> different MotoGP winner this yeah. season. I think it's great for the sport. Is Mark Marquez back? It's hard to say. Aragon's a place that he goes to that he absolutely loves. But, you know, somebody asked him post-race, you know, did the shoulder bother you? Like, he's like, look, I just managed the shoulder, you know. And that's getting kind of old with the whole shoulder thing. I'm kind of over it.
1: Like, you're back, you're racing, like, like yeah. Know. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's almost like, it's almost, almost when you talk about it all the time, it's almost like just discrediting your competition. Like, oh, my shoulder, oh, my shoulder, oh, my shoulder. It's but like, I
0: think that's what some journalists want to do, but it's right? Like, exactly right. Because if you're in, Jay, you're in a group of journalists, Jay, you're in yeah, you're in a group of journalists and you're asking the question. Everybody, if, if he gave you some weird answer that he, you've never heard before and it's an exclusive, it's not you sitting down as a journalist one-on-one and getting exclusive. It's just you get to pat yourself on the back because you asked the question, but everybody's yeah, no. going to report on it. And he, that's he the part said, I just
1: don't get. He had said, Greg, on Saturday, I don't know if you saw it, but after qualifying, he's like, my shoulder just isn't quite where it needs to be for an attacking lap, for like that. But yeah. one off just – which is fair enough. I mean, but at the end of the day, you're racing. You're He's doing a great job. It's Mark Marquez, the guy's – he has no reason to give us any, like, reasons to not do anything. My question to you is and, – and this is a question that I, I, I just – I feel like Juan Mir is so underrated. Like, where do you rate the Suzuki as far as bikes on the grid? Third, maybe? Third. Fourth. Well, I mean, I think four. now. Ducati Yamaha right off the bat. You kind of look at those Ducati, two. Ducati, right?
0: Yamaha, and the KTM is better, I think, right now. KTM is, it's, I don't know if it's better, but it's I- It's streaky. I, it's streaky better. I mean- streaky better. Yes. The, yeah, the thing really is, I think, I think I would put the Suzuki in as uh, probably- with the Yamaha in terms of the best handling bikes out there. Agreed. I just think that it, it just lacks Agreed. acceleration, you know, but, and everybody's so funny. Cause I hear journalists are like, Oh, if you're out of acceleration and he's like, yeah, if I had acceleration, but we all know, Jason, if you add acceleration to the mix, the chassis is not going to work as well. You're going to uncover issues.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's like,
0: whatever. Anyway, the thing is,
1: I just think Juan is amazing. I think he's so good. He's 3.9 off. He's only won one grand prix. It's, I don't know, man. It's, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where you look at what he does every weekend. And, you know, before Rins got hurt, Rins was kind of the guy at Suzuki. Before Rins got in that accident in Jerez last year, he was kind of the guy, right? And then John Mir just like picked up. Like, soon as soon as Rins went out, it was like Mir just like picked everything up and went, true. okay, I'm going to do this and that. And it goes on and wins the championship. Alicia Sparrow's strong again, huh? On that Aprilia. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he almost gets it on the podium. He's right, like, he was right there up until, I don't know, probably seven to go. He was he was kind of like on the back of Mir, and then he falls back just a little bit. Uh, Jack Miller, I mean, is I love Jack Miller. Like he's one of my nah, favorite guys. But fifth, but, fifth is okay. It's solid. It's it's okay. I mean, he yeah. just ran a little bit wide, and yeah. you know. But he's 11 back.
0: Uh R- yeah,
1: Raro, the champion. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stories here. Bastianini ends up sixth. He had a great qualifying. He he uh, he did a lot of things really good. I mean, he's probably he's on that 19 still, isn't he? 19, and he was he was fighting with Binder all the way. You know, so I mean, again, same incredible. same
0: kind of a situation there where he's yeah. he's got his hands full and he yeah, just yeah. eyes down, head
1: forward, rolling. You know, Binder's a racer, man. You gotta love that guy. Binder's a good dude, yeah. He's just always yeah. racing, he's always smiling, he's always like got this little grin on his face. I mean, when you look at Quatemarao, he was lucky to get eighth because Martin and him basically finished a tenth apart. And Nakagami was literally right behind them. So when you think about it, um, if I'm great. I'm looking at it right now. 16.5 seconds back was Quattararo. He finishes eighth. Alex Renz is 17.7 back. So Alex Renz is 1.2 back. He ends up 12th. I mean, legitimately, if Quattararo finishes 12th and Bagnaya wins, you and I are probably having this little discussion again of like, uh, have, have they handed the crown too early to Quattararo? Um, because it's literally – eighth to 12th is a big jump. And I think I, the the thing that Quattro has got going for him is historically, he's going to some tracks that the Yamaha is very good. So he ends up eighth on a track that he, a doesn't really self-admittedly doesn't go that well at Uh, B It's not been a great track for Yamaha in the past, obviously, but Quattro ends up eighth, Martine ninth, your boy Nakagami, I thought rode really well.
0: Yep. I thought he did too. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's, you know, again, it's the Mark Marquez is back. It's the Quattraro is there. You know, everybody yeah, else yeah. on the same brand of bike. There, if you're not kind of close to the top, you're like, did he? Even though and it's the, a one year old bike, you know. Yeah, I think, like, I think
1: I think was ahead of all these guys at one point. He was ahead of he was ahead of Quateraro and those guys at one point. And then he made a mistake and dropped back and just couldn't get through these guys anymore. I mean, Leccoona is riding really well right
0: now. Yeah, he's he, definitely he, on form.
1: Rins. Uh, yeah, shit qualifying, right? Yep. Yeah. Let's Again. just let,
0: let, let all right. All that rest of that stuff's great. But obviously Oliveira's is not back, you know, 14th, but we gotta talk about Vinales and his debut. And Zarko. Well Zarco, Zarco, you know, Zarco. horrendous. You can talk about Zarco. It's just Zarco's fallen off the last couple of races. He's out of the championship contention. It's
1: done. Like it's since they went to Austria, which is the Ducati track. Like that's where everybody circles. Okay, Austria's always done really good. He didn't do anything in Austria. Goes to Silverstone, gets smoked there. And then goes to Aragon. It's just so weird, the consistency of how riders fall off. And then, of course, yeah, you talk about Vinales. I mean, I, I made the joke to to Colb and Simon about when he comes out and says, this is the best day of his MotoGP life or whatever, after he rode the Aprilia for the first day. And I'm like, really? That's the best day of your MotoGP life? That's the best day, going and testing the Aprilia for one or two days at Mazzano. That was the best day. I wonder how he feels now. <laughs> He's working 30, on se- it. He, he's he, 30 said he's, seconds. he said he's going into Mazzano with
0: no plan or well, no expectations. Yeah. yeah.
1: And you and I had him ninth. I had him ninth. You had him sixth. I mean, yeah. we stink. We over, we overshot that one off smidge. Yeah. It <laughs> just not good.
0: Yeah. Um, Who knows? He could have some brilliance. So, you know, the year's not over yet. Yeah. I will not um, poo. I will not poopoo on Vinales just yet. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's move to
0: Um, Moto2 because this podcast is getting long. Do it. And I'm, you know. All right. So in Moto2, um, a race happened. And in that race, it was the rookie coming back again, like out of nowhere, Raul Fernandez on the Red Bull KTM Ajo. And he beats Remy Gardner by five seconds. Augusto Fernandez, who's going to that bike from Mark VDS, finishes in third. Navarro in fourth. Aaron can in fifth I thought that was a good run for him in terms of our boys. Well, first my, one of my boys is Iogura. He finishes eighth, but Joe Roberts ends up 13th and Cameron Bobier 14th. So a couple points for the boys. Yep. They looked a lot better. There were quite a few. Sam Lowe's was out of it. Bulaga out of it. Marco Betzecchi, Della Porta, Arenas. There's a lot of people not classified in this yep. race. A lot. Yep. So you know, you got to look at it and you go, okay, Bobier finishes 14th, but he's still, you know, 29 seconds back. But in front of Vietti, you know, on, on a Sky Racing Team VR46, Calix chassis as well. So what do you think? What do you think about uh,
1: about what we saw in Moto2? Dude, <sighs> Dude how good is Fernandez? He ends up breaking a, a bone in his hand, has surgery on it, and then literally just goes and crushes these guys. Like, like. To just be able to do what he did, um, was was, I mean, incredible. Like, because this racing is usually pretty tight. Moto two is hard to win, obviously, and he just goes and crushes them. Um, I think Bender again has shown his maturity and everything else. He was, uh, Remy was just super pumped on. Remy Gardner was super pumped on finishing second. Did I say Bender? You said Bender, but yeah, we yeah, knew sorry, you were talking about. I corrected. Remy, he he's just super impressive. Like. I mean, that guy has matured a ton and ends up second. Again, Sam is right there in second, kind of holding on to the back of Fernandez and tips off with, what, Greg, probably 10 to go, 8 to Mm -hmm. go. Kind of a disappointment again for him, I think. Um, But where he has been, if he has had an issue, Augusto Fernandez who's going now to that Red Bull KTM team next year. He comes up from, I think, at one point, Greg, he was like 18th or 14th, they said in the right. He was way back. And just kept chipping away and then there was some attrition ahead of him and and so on, but he only ended up six point eight back in third. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out of this championship next year. Like who is I mean, you gotta think that right now Augusto Fernandez is like odds on favorite, maybe. I get, I know Acosta's jumping up, but I mean Fernandez is in good form. Augusto Fernandez is who I'm talking about, is in really good form. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean Moto 2, it'll be good again this weekend in Mizano.
0: All right, let's talk Moto Three. Right, I'm leaving. No, dude. Let me tell you <laughs> something.
1: I gotta watch it, huh? Is it good?
0: Uh, no. I mean, I think I can tell you about it, and you'll be totally fine about it. Okay, so yeah, so no, I am. I'm totally fine. Coming Costa. into this, coming into the race, Pedro Costa, two hundred one okay. points. Sergio yep. Garcia, hundred and fifty five. Okay? okay, all yep. right. So we get racing, and a whole pile of people are racing together. I think it of was course. nine or something like that, right? Okay, on his own. Up on the inside, Pedro Acosta tucks the front. Uh-oh. He tucks the front with about... How many laps did he get in? It says four laps. So four laps from the end? Four laps from the end. Okay. Was it four laps from the end? Right. Well, it says, that's... Yeah, it yeah, says he... four
1: laps next to his thing here.
0: Right, right. So he was four laps down. So it must have been five laps to the end. Four and a half okay. laps to go. He tucks the front. He's out. Okay? And all of a sudden... Garcia, Sergio Garcia, is like right in a position he's leading the race. Oh, man. Now, Acosta has enough time during this race to get back to the pits. So now they cut into Acosta sitting in his pits with maybe two laps to go, and he's just got a kind of a bum look on his face. They're racing up front, and on the last lap, dude, freaking
1: Sergio Garcia
0: tucked the front on his own. Oh, no. Was he leading? Lee. He was Imagine leading a lead second. Through? Like it didn't matter. It's it's Moto it's Moto 3, right? Like they were yeah, kind of so all going be, back yeah. and forth. So yeah, I think he was leading and he was all by himself, but everybody who watched it will know better. I can't remember now. He was right there in the mix and he tucks the front and he he throws it on the ground. He ends up picking it up and finishes 18th. But yep. dude, they <laughs> Garcia hits the deck and they cut to a shot of Acosta and his crew in in the pit box and he just has the biggest smile in his face. Yeah, so well. ulti- ultimately the only mistake that Acosta's made in a race this year the only one and and Sergio Garcia had a oh. chance to snatch back 20 25 oh. total points and he hits the deck and oh who ends God. up winning was Dennis Foggia. who's third in the world championship 143 so he's still a ways back but he's only now like uh 12 points I think away from Garcia for second in the championship but dude, it was one of those ones when you're like, "Oh my god, the door has opened for it's Sergio Garcia." Open. You're and saying then, there's a chance. You're so saying, you're saying there's, there's, a chance.
1: there's a chance. Oh yeah. man, okay, so I'll watch it tonight. But yeah, that sucks. I mean, and Faggio goes on and wins, huh? Faggio, Faggio um, wins over Dennis Anju. Anju. Dennis Onchu's yeah, An- coming on; like he could be good next year. He he really had some moments too, where he was
0: pulling back, and then they would kind of catch him. Sasaki had a really good had a good race too.
1: You know, Sasaki's yep. been Corbera, on the deck many right. times, many yeah, many has. times. Yeah, yeah, he writes for Simacelli. Oh no, he doesn't. Does he? No, he's he, Red Bull
0: KTM. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, the, the six
1: squad. What that is, is, what's What's going to happen with Darren Bender next year? You know, I don't. Is he going to do the Petronas thing? I, I haven't. I, haven't I heard. mean, I mean, they got no. Devin, didn't they he, got Dovey. No, Darren, da- isn't he going to? Oh, Darren, isn't he going to Moto two? No, they were saying that he might go from Moto three straight to the Petronas team. Oh, maybe. That's and, right. But but there's literally been no announcement, no anything on him. He's a big, tall kid. So it wouldn't be like something that you would think that he wouldn't maybe not be at that team. But
0: I, I mean, go I say go for it now. I mean, if it, you know, the problem is if he goes for it in this climate, you know, props to Ducati or whoever. When Jack yeah. Miller moved up, they've the paddock has stuck with Jack Miller and said, at yep. least this guy can ride. He went from Moto3 right to GP, and he struggled Fair. the first couple of years. So. You know, I, something tells me that Bender won't have the same issue, but right now it just seems like this paddock. If you have a half a year where you're garbage, they just shoot you out. You know, right. so right. it seems like a, a a much larger risk these days. But right. who knows? No, it,
1: yeah, it'll be interesting. Anyways, I think all that uh, all that uh, talk. I mean, I mean we they go to Catalonia this weekend. So we got Greg. Is this right? We got Catalonia this weekend. No, they MotoGP goes Superbike. to Misano. Yeah, yeah, World Superbikes at Catalonia. That's what I was getting to. Sorry. MotoGP is in Misano. World Superbike Catalunya. Our series is obviously we got a lot going on.
0: Dude, there's a ton going on. I mean, do you want to preview Catalunya
1: at all or what? I mean I mean, World Superbike Catalunya, it's it's Ray Against Top Rack. And it's it's literally Ray Against Top Rack, all the crap that went down after the last race that we talked about, where you know people's feelings got a little bit hurt, and there were some weird things that happened, and it's all gonna get kind of swept now, and I think that you're gonna you're gonna um, you know Catalunya, I it, it'll be interesting. Last year, I think the Yamahas went really well there. I, you know who I'm kind of pulling for this weekend? Garrett Gerloff. He finished. He barely really finished. barely really finished
0: second to Top Rack last year. Was it Top Rack? Right. Right.
1: And and he and he battled. And 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 I'm just he was leading that-
0: him on the last lap. Right. Exactly. This is the race where we need Garrett Gerloff. Garrett Gerloff needs Garrett Gerloff
1: to start battling. Because okay. he's, he's, I think he'll have a lot of confidence here, hopefully. I agree. And it's I think it suits this bike really well. Um, I think riding, obviously, I, I don't know. It, it depends on the weather, it depends on the heat. I haven't looked it up to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um I was actually texting with Alex Lowe's a little bit yesterday and he said there was even a chance of maybe a little bit of weather there. But I I, I think. Um but I think is gonna be good. What about Mazzano? What do you think about isn't isn't Dovey isn't Dovi riding at Mizano? Yeah, I think so. Isn't he supposed to be riding the Petronas bike? I think he's riding the Petronas bike. I think Pedrosa was supposed to do wildcard and then it got canceled. I mean, oh. this weekend is a big uh. weekend for a couple of guys. I think bagnaya and even Mir to that stage could have another big weekend. I mean, we're I, we don't wish anything ap- uh, about it, but you're you're kind of a slip up away in MotoGP from the championship kind of getting I don't want to say close. It's mm-hmm. not really close. Maybe I'm just wishful thinking. What is it, Greg? It's 214 to 161. So he's still got a nice big healthy point lead. But um, you know, they go, they go Aragon, and then they are sorry, they go, they were at Aragon. They go to Mizzano, then they come to us, which is like right around the corner. I can't believe we haven't even really I mean they're two rounds away from coming back over here. Then they go back to Mizano. So yeah, it's going to be – it's it's really interesting to see how both these championships are playing out, and it's kind of fun to watch. Um,
0: this is – I so, swear, dude, yeah. like I, I'm pumped that we have our last race. I obviously mm-hmm. love working and love Moto America, but I wish that this Catalonia World Superbike race was the following weekend just so I could sit
1: all weekend and watch it, you know? Well, we're going to get chances to do that. I What I wish more is that – You do. It could have gotten put together where we could have at least um, – you know, maybe been at Coda for that for that race, um, and had mm. our championship there just because of COVID and stuff. And I, I haven't got to talk to Chuck too much about it, but it, I would think that we're kind of back in line with MotoGP possibly for next April. I think that's when they've put up that they're coming back. I think MotoGP comes back in April to our to us. So that's correct.
0: Maybe you if there correct. was a way
1: that we can get, um, we'll
0: probably be there. I mean, there's no reason. Great. The only reason we're not there this time is because it got so deep into so the late. season. You know, yeah teams budgets you know finding Correct. hotels all that kind of stuff it's no. it's very expensive and moto america doesn't control any of the revenue that comes in on a MotoGP gp weekend right yeah but
1: moto america made the right call what a six six weeks ago when they said we're not going to Coda. i mean you just it's too hard to do it for the teams even if it's a one-off race i think that they did the right thing by not just kind of like going hey we're doing this so um real quick let's get to the end of this thing sorry greg uh, motocross. I watched it all this weekend. I don't know if you saw any of it. Um, Just highlights, like the highlight of it all. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, dude, Especially Dylan. Je- I mean, yeah, is I mean, a badass. Dylan Frandis he- is a badass. Yeah. Uh, Jet Lawrence wins the championship o- over Barely. Justin Cooper. Barely. I mean, it. I was sitting here on the. I was sitting on the edge of my seat watching the second moto, um, watch se- the second moto of two fifties because I was like, wow, is is Jet Lawrence? Is he gonna really choke this thing away? But at the end of the day, after I wouldn't say it choked, he just kinda had some he was not he was riding a little bit tight, didn't really look like himself. Cooper was getting his normal starts and taking off at the front. Um well Jet Lawrence, he, dude, he crashed twice in moto one and oh, yeah, still and he crashed he crashed in moto two also yeah, and in, he, in the second moto too.
0: He still managed to finish eighth, but to Justin Cooper's credit, he swept. He he goes one-one. He he did everything he could to try to, you know win this championship but in the
1: end it was six points dude six points and he came out and said actually he had told i think he told jason who? thomas um
0: who came out cooper? Justin
1: cooper said that yeah that crash that we saw him have at washougal he actually he actually fractured his thumb and that was one of the big reasons why he was having some struggles there at the end of the year even though he won a moto at you and he
0: he did yeah, well and won a moto places, at butts
1: but creek and yeah yeah okay He did, but but he said he he said he jacked his thumb up and ah. um yeah, so it was it was a bummer, but look, I think that Jet Lawrence. It's great that Honda won. It's been a while since they did anything, um, but but uh, the I've I really enjoyed watching you know all the motocross stuff. I really I kind of get into, but but dude, Dylan Frandas. I I know you probably didn't get a chance to watch them, but um, first moto, it was like he just split. He was like he already won the championship. Tomac was pushing hard. He fell over. Um, Roxon was there. Second motor, Roxon gets kind of cleaned out at the start. Didn't even actually crash. He just got his leg caught up in the back of somebody's rear wheel and mm. tipped off. And then, um, and then, uh, he actually didn't tip off. He just jammed his foot in there. So he was done. Um, but Ferrandes was like DFL. He was last. He was so far back. Charges through the field. And on the last couple laps, he gets by to kind of crush Tomek's going out party with Cowie. Tomek ends up going 4 1 ends up going one three and um but he came from de- and dude he wasn't even that far behind those guys at the finish like he was there hmm. He was only like six seconds back or something and he he was dead dead last so yeah it's i think motocross going into next year is going to be interesting we saw that i think um i think mookie signed with with husky malcolm stewart signed with husky cool yep he's 450 a, on class the, right on the, i mean on the, on the rockstar yep rockstar yeah. team so he's kind of going to do just supercross only i would assume um you know tomac obviously going to star racing so i i just yeah it it was good it was cool to see jet lawrence win and um yeah that's it so looking ahead at our race calendar there's so much stuff
0: like jason said going on this weekend that we're going to be talking about next week obviously barber moto america last one of the year can go 19 of 20 Gemini crickets moto gp in mizano world superbike in barcelona but also the NHRA countdown to the championship. It's in Charlotte. So I think doesn't Jamie, Jamie has to go. Jamie Howe has to go do that. She just leaves yep. us Saturday to go to Charlotte. Uh, AMA Pro Hill Climb heads up a hill in Jefferson, Pennsylvania. Baja 400s going on. Sprint Enduro Series in Johnson Valley, California. Oh, World Endurance, Jay. Bull Door this I weekend. Know. Yeah. I know, man.
1: I, I And I just, yeah, I, it, it's so incredible now. I was talking to... I was talking to um, yeah, I'm not gonna mention any names, but I was t- I was talking to a uh, a gentleman from one of the main from one of the main manufacturers. And they're like, all their money right now is going to World Endurance and another and another series. And I'm like, wow, that is so crazy to hear that. That's where I mean, World Endurance now is so gnarly, so competitive, so good. The Bulldozer is and I think this, they're, the Bull is in uh, it, Paul Ricard, which is yeah, I, that's a track I wish you could go see too, G Dub. It's it's beautiful, southern tip of France, and you go up into the mountains down there, and it's just it's a great place. But it'll be competitive, so it's going on this weekend as well, and you can actually watch it live. I can't remember where I saw there was a post about where you can watch the bull Door live all weekend long if you chose to. So,
0: I mean, the t- the talent like <laughs> in the teams. I get press releases from quite a few of the teams. The talent is just
1: it's dude. It's it's yeah. It's deep, and they've all got factory teams. I know. 24 hour races. FIM motos in Italy, Enduro is in Tulsa. And and it's that in, we we talked about Weege coming back, but he's over there because of Coroli announced his retirement. Oh, is that why? That's why he's over there with KTM. So, yeah. So Coroli, I think he's nine time, what is he? Nine time world champ. And so Coroli is finally announcing his retirement. And I read, I read some stuff today that said that he's looking forward to retirement, this and that. And he's like, you know, you know, you might even want to come over and do a couple of uh, outdoor nationals next year here in America. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. He he said he would, he's like, yeah, I would do that. That sounds like fun. So it's like, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So Mm I'll do it for our podcast in this one. Um, I guess Jason, you, uh, you're there at barber. I got to get on a plane tomorrow to head down and I'm looking forward to I just just got a
1: text. I just got a text. There's a five hour window. So, you know, you know where I'm headed.
0: Oh, all right. We'll have fun.
1: Putting a stupid little ball in a stupid little hole, you jerkweed. Hey, I'm glad. I am glad that you are flying down. I have to say, because I think the weather's going to be crap for you. And even though I just love the fact that you are looking like a little muskrat soaked to the bone, (laughs) I get a little worried. So, G Dub, enjoy your flight down, and I'm looking forward to seeing you. Thanks, everybody, for listening.